0: Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, a place for adolescent and family healing. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If your family is struggling and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their trained professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. I am simply a very um, good driver. And if you're really good, Who needs a speed limit? See, that's what I
1: always always think. We're excellent drivers if we can go that quickly and still remain safe.
0: Yeah, the police do not appreciate that fact. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. I know a lot of people would find this shocking, if not surprising. I know I would. Um, I've gotten several speeding tickets. And I know people look at me and they go, oh my gosh, you're just so godly.
1: You know, man. I think you turned me into the driver
0: today that my wife resents. So... Do you get tickets? A tippo to hat. <laughs> I, um, well, I am simply a very um good driver and if you're really good who needs a speed limit see that's, that's what i always drivers. yeah that's what i
1: always think yeah, we're excellent drivers yeah. if we can go that quickly yes, and still remain not, safe
0: yeah the police do not appreciate yeah. that fact so i use this example not because i get a lot of speeding tickets because i have simply had some but you're consistently doing defensive driving yes Minimum of once a year. Mm -hmm. So um, I always get a ticket. Uh, They never uh, pause. They never think about the possibility of maybe giving me a warning. I I must I must resemble Pablo Escobar or some other (laughs) Colombian drug lord. Because they, they're, they're writing the ticket before they're even in conversation with me. I got stopped on 360 the other day, and he walks up and he goes, uh, you know, license. And he's just, he's writing the ticket. And I said, you, you didn't even ask if I had an emergency. And he said, sir, do you have an emergency? And I said, officer, I am pregnant and on my way to the ER. <laughs> and I thought it was funny. Uh, And he said, "Uh uh-huh. And he just, he never stopped riding. So I always get a ticket. Now, my wife, your mother, speeds as much as I do. Good Lord. Gets pulled over as much as I do. But she bats those baby blues and she never, ever gets a ticket. They pity her. I don't know what it is. They think she's, you know, she's mentally not all there. I don't know why it is <laughs> that they show her <laughs> such pity, but they do all the time. Ossifer? <laughs> oh, that's a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I got to tell that now. All right. So in high school and in Cisco, where you had to drive to Abilene to go to the movie, uh, we uh, like they did in. Uh, like happy days times. We would make the drag. That's what we did. It was the only thing to do. And so you'd get in your car and you'd drive down uh, to the, and you'd turn around in the Dairy Queen parking lot, and then you'd go down to Rick's convenience store and turn around. And that's what you did all night. With your arm around your lady. Yes. Which brings me to Marcia McDaniels. Hey-oh. Um, she was the head cheerleader. Yes, yeah, she was. She graduated. I was, it was the summer after my sophomore year. So before my junior year, she's graduated and she agreed to go out with me. Had you hit puberty yet? I was a sophomore, Josh. Well, some bloom late. Um, and she agreed to go out with me. So I was so stunned and I was so excited that when I picked her up and we went, we started making the drag. Uh, I left the dome light on when it got dark because I wanted everyone to see who was with me. Of course. What I failed to do is turn on my headlights. And so the policeman pulled me over and I rolled down my window and I said, uh, Osifer, what seems to be the trouble? <laughs> and he said, what did you say? And I said, well, I'm sorry, Osifer. I just thought I'd said it twice.
1: <laughs> How long had you been driving?
0: Uh, Well, you know, less than a year. Okay. And he, he had me get out of the car. Now, I'm the guy who led Bible studies before school. I was this nauseatingly Christian young man. And as everyone's driving down the drag, the police have me outside with my heels together, closing my eyes and touching my nose, having me doing field sobriety tests. <laughs> and what, what happened to your date? She sat there very just mortified uh, that she was um, apparently going out with a gangster.
1: Did y'all ever go out again?
0: No. So I say all that to say... Uh, I always get tickets. Your mother would never, ever get tickets. And she became, she came to expect not getting a ticket. So one day she came home and she was madder than a hornet. And when I said, what's wrong? She goes, I got a ticket. I said, you're kidding. Praise God. How fast were you going? And she said, 75. I said, well, what was the speed limit? 40. (laughs) She she was going 75 and a 40 and was upset that she got a ticket, which brings us to today's topic, and that is as a parent showing grace too often. Some parents showing grace is the norm, and by showing grace, we mean not holding a child accountable for their behavior, uh, and that is that is not the grace is not the exceptions to the rule. It's pretty much the rule for gotta, some parents.
1: You gotta think that comes into play just because as a parent, it's exhausting to punish our children. Because in, in a way, uh-huh. when they're grounded, we're grounded. Uh-huh. Um, and obviously there's other conversations that can be had there, but it is it we hate punishing because then we're punished.
0: Mm-hmm. It, 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 all it takes to be a bad parent is a lazy boy recliner and a remote control. That's all you need. Sounds like heaven. And you don't. You just don't get up. You just let them run feral throughout their lives. Uh, to be a good parent, it's exhausting. Now, why is showing grace too often a problem? Some might think, "Well, gosh, you're just you're just being so godly, showing them grace all the time. How can that be a bad thing?" There's a truism in in counseling that says. Um, we train people how to treat us. So if someone is treating us in a way, uh, in, in, in some way, we train them or taught them how to treat us that way. Therefore, the problem with showing grace too much is the child comes to expect it. And we taught them to expect it. Um, have you ever wondered why, you know, you ask a child to do something and they just ignore us? It's because we taught them to ignore us. Uh, They can ignore us, and there is no consequence for that choice. So they come to expect it, and also, sort of like in, in Beth's example, they can get angry. Oddly enough, grace, shown too often, can produce anger in a child, which just seems completely illogical.
1: Well, like you said, they come to expect it. Yeah, uh, And then they feel this righteous indignation that you are somehow being completely unfair
0: because unfair. you're doing something you should have been doing all along. Correct. Um, so they come to expect it. It can produce anger. And when, when we show grace too often, it stops being grace and becomes weakness. We deal with a lot of oppositional defiant kids in our practice And almost every one of them at some time will say, when I ask them, you know, hey, when it just comes down to it between you and your folks, um, you know, you know, who gets their way? And uh, and almost all of those oppositional kids will say, you know, I always win. Uh, They know that. Yeah. They know if they press hard enough, if they threaten, if they whatever, the parent will back down. So. When, when we show grace all the time, again, let's stop calling it grace. When we are showing weakness to our kids because we're not following through with any of the consequences for their behavior, we're undermining our authority. So, again, we're teaching them to disrespect us uh, because our word doesn't mean anything.
1: In fast forward 20 years, we're being highly unfair to these children in a world that is not gracious. Oh, yeah. Um they are going to to walk out a and, rude awakening. Yeah. It and while, ice water down their shorts. Hopefully they can be resilient and learn quickly. It's it's just we're
0: setting themself up Absolutely. them up yeah. um for failure. Yeah. And if we if if you know as we've said before if we could tattoo something on the front of our our frontal lobe it would be weird to be to our children as God is to us god doesn't show us grace all the time now i'm not talking about his universal grace that allows us to take a breath i mean not allowing consequences for our behavior because i do believe absolutely that god teaches us through his word the bible because that's why they call it his word not his his lower intestine but he also teaches us maybe to the same degree by just allowing the natural consequences of our sinful behavior, we make a really bad choice and we get kicked in the rear end for it. And we say, hey, note to self. And so he, God does not show grace all that often. Uh, and so there, therefore, neither should we.
1: Yeah, God absolutely does not parent that way. In fact, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, pastor, theologian...
0: Big fan. Yeah, fantastic. Anyone who actively tries to kill Hitler, I'm a big fan of. (laughs) Any Hitler killer. (laughs) I want a t-shirt.
1: Completely outside the point. I'm just saying.
0: Bonhoeffer's the man.
1: Anywho. Uh, cost of discipleship. Cost of discipleship. Fantastic read. Um, he's quoted in that book saying, "Cheap grace," and that's kind of what we're talking about here. Um, providing too much grace really cheapens it. Uh, Cheap grace is grace we bestow on ourselves. He goes on to say, "Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. Ooh. It's baptism without church discipline. It's communion without confession." Cheap grace is grace without discipleship, grace without the cross, grace without Jesus Christ, living and incarnate. <coughs> Rob Bell.
0: Excuse me. <coughs> I got something stuck in my throat. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. <coughs> it sounded like you said Rob <coughs> Bell. Bell. Rob excuse Bell. Me. Uh, Rob excuse Bell? me. Uh, but just no. a little phlegm there.
0: Yeah, that's okay. all it was. It was okay. a little Rob Bell phlegm.
1: Cheap grace. And, and one could then go on to argue, and I think it's Bonhoeffer's point, is that cheap grace isn't grace at all. Um, and when we are providing our children outs all the time, um, we're no longer providing grace. Uh, we're practice or we're preaching. To use his words, we're preaching forgiveness, but we're not requiring repentance. We don't. We're not practicing discipline. Uh, we want the relationship without confession. If we don't perturb our children, um, we're not allowing them growth.
0: Um, and so we're absolutely not being as God is to us. Yeah. And, and and as we've said almost every time, grab your spouse, make sure your spouse is, is listening to this as well, because we're going to go over kind of, well, what do we do about this other than, you know, just become hard nosed bullies. And, and that's not the point. We don't get rid of all grace. We just get rid of, uh, Too abundant, gratuitous, gratuitous grace. Mm. That's a book. That's a book title. Um, All right. So, the first thing to do if you, and and again, this takes a lot of insight to look back and go, do we do this? A a lot of parents will say, anytime we go out and speak or whatever, that, you know, "What's, what's the number one problem that we have as parents? And so many people will say, consistency. We're not consistent. We'll say one thing and then we do another. So maybe you don't see yourself as, as, as showing grace way too often, but maybe you go, oh, well, yeah, I'm not real consistent. Well, that's sort of what we're talking about. Uh, if, if you see yourself as, as not being a consistent parent, not doing what you say, that is what we're talking about.
1: The Catholic Church already has a claim to gratuitous grace. Get out. I don't know how, but they
0: can't believe it. The
1: Catholicculture.org says that it is the free gift conferred on particular persons for the salvation of others.
0: Yeah, I don't know what that means. They've already coined it. All right. The first thing to do. Thank you for looking it up mm-hmm. though. You're like the, the king of Google. Come on. Number one is kind of the obvious one. Do what you say and say what you do. Do you what you say you're going to do. Your word has to mean something. When you say as a parent, something is going to occur, come heck or high water, it has to occur. It's the easiest thing in the world. It's the laziest thing in the world to threaten a child because you don't even have to get out of the lazy boy or put down the remote to just scream a threat at them. I'm gonna all wear your butt. It's so pathetic as a parent, and again, that's just being a, a bully. I'm just gonna threaten them. Uh, so, if you're gonna say something as a parent, you have to follow through and do what you say. And it,
1: uh, I don't know what to, to necessarily call it or, or say here, but it, it's it's going back on your original commitment of parenting. And so as millennial parents out there without kids and you're thinking about signing up and impregnating your wife, you're signing up for this. You're signing up. This is a family show. (laughs) You're signing up for getting out of the lazy boy and actually doing something outside of idle threats.
0: Uh, Number two. So number one is do what you say and say what you do. Uh, Be consistent. Number two is grace works. So it's not that you, you stop utilizing grace because grace can be an actually a very, a very good uh, parenting tool and even a discipline tool to, um, uh, to foster gratitude and that sort of thing and appreciation. But grace works when you don't show grace 90 t- 99 times out of 100. That's when grace works. Then that 100th time when you show grace It's notable because once you're shown that after 99 times of of not being shown grace, uh, I told you that I always they were writing out the tickets before, you know, I ever said anything. But not long uh, before Beth came in with her incident with being angry, uh, an officer actually gave me a warning ticket. And. It was like the clouds parted and animated bluebirds Landed on my shoulder. It was just the most amazing. I wanted to kiss him on the mouth, which later my attorney said I should not have done. Yeah. Uh, It caused a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. But it was because I wasn't I was not expecting it at all because it never I never got a warning ever. And so when grace is shown as the rarity, the rarest of exceptions, then grace works but not when it's shown too often.
1: So number three, this one hits really close to home. I tend to be the gracious spouse in in or parent in my household. Um, I fall into the lazy parent category a lot in that I wanna get home and I want to play with my children. So when they're not picking up the toys when they shouldn't be, it's just easier for me to do it that we can still have fun and not throw any fits. I know this is terrible. I tell my parents all it's terrible all day long not to do it, but that's personally where I fall in.
0: You're raising an ISIS member.
1: <laughs> so with that said, I have really had to lean on my spouse, Katie, for guidance on expectations um, because she tends to have it very much together. I get teenagers. I can set up a list of fantastic expectations for 12 to 18 year olds but when it comes to 3 year olds I have to lean on my spouse. So mm-hmm. if you as a third kind of um problem solving uh tip, if you find yourself being the gracious spouse, really lean on your um your husband and your wife
0: for for guidance because yes, but it would go both ways. If you're the graceful maybe you need to calm the other one down agreed. as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: But I mean, on, together you ought to make one very well-balanced parent. Bingo.
1: Um, but yeah, so if, if on today's topic, giving too much grace, if you find yourself being that gracious spouse, really lean on your, your spouse, for your husband and your wife for guidance, um, because a lot of times we just don't get when we should have the expectation.
0: So with your spouse, talk about this idea of being consistent, making sure that our word means something. And make sure that we use grace very, very sparingly because it doesn't work otherwise. And then just listen to your spouse and take some in, you know, be influenced by your spouse's point of view uh, so that that you're much more balanced in your approach. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. Special thanks to Life Austin Church in Austin, Texas, and our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr. To find out more about the Paradox and to sign up for email updates, go to our website, paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. Right, but it was just, it was built into the fiber of my being somehow. Interesting. Largely because that's just what I saw. I mean, I saw people, all I knew were Christians. And all I knew were, honestly, largely white, middle-class Christians. I mean, we were all kind of, you know, living the same life, very good people who loved the Lord. But these were the things that, that I was seeing around me. And it just became kind of ingrained that what you, you know, this is the Christian American dream.